God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. And if I would have bet on Rich Strike, I would be retired by now. Now, can you imagine if someone bet $1,000, they'd make $80,000 return on investment? That's incredible. That Rich Strike has become my favorite horse in Secretariat. That was a great event. And... uh that was an amazing horse. That was an amazing ride, and and uh, I think it uh, was really a boost for the Kentucky Derby. Uh, people were forgetting about that that great race. Um, but wow, that was a, an amazing story. When you think about the idea that they got that horse for thirty thousand dollars, that acclaimer, that's pretty amazing stuff. Um, I've always been a big fan of the Kentucky Derby, but Wow, that was a absolutely stunning ride. The jockey, uh, Sonny Leon, uh, I think did a remarkable job there. And, uh, you know, after the race, the uh, horse was biting the pony that was saddled up next to it to uh, give an interview uh, post-race. And what was interesting is, you know, uh, Rich Strike kept on wanting to bite the pony. And get loose and go forward. And the trainer said that the horse uh, had every intention of, you know, basically had fire in his eyes and basically had every intention of beating the pony to the finish line. Like that was another horse that 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 he had to beat. So if you got a horse with that kind of uh, attitude, <laughs> you you pretty much uh, may may have a good day at the Belmont. So we'll, let's just uh, keep our fingers crossed. Always hoping for that triple crown, aren't we? Um, all right. So uh, there's a lot going on that we're going to be talking about today. I thought it was a bit preposterous uh, that you two and and Justin Trudeau and Joe Biden. Uh, all showed up in Ukraine 
And it's just one one big party fest after another. And not only that, but then there's footage in Kiev where everybody is sort of back to normal, living their lives. But yet they have a GoFundMe page that Justin Trudeau is not going to take down, um, you know, on behalf of Zelensky. I think that this is just a huge moneymaker for the globalists. And anybody, you know, I just have no desire in in donating anything to globalists because it's the globalists that have really, you know, hurt the people the most. Uh, Vladimir Putin had his post-World War II, uh, you know, parade, military parade, um, and they're basically changing the signs in Maripol, but he wanted to have that job done before before the parade, he he didn't get it done. Things aren't going as quickly as possible for him. But you know, Germany and uh, is is trying to find suppliers of alternative to Russian oil. Uh, and one of the places they're looking to is the United States. When the United States used to be energy independent, think about how much money the United States could bring in with this kind of oil crisis going on. If we were more or energy independent, if our um, refineries were at full capacity, working overtime, and if we had the Keystone Pipeline as a promise to the future for fossil fuels to uh, not impact supply chains the way they are, and if we didn't have these relationships with China that are causing the supply chain issues, I'm hearing baby food, for example, is on tight supply. And, you know, like we've been saying before, China wants America to go green. China wants the Biden administration to push for green. China wants the Biden administration to put up or shut up by closing down the Keystone Pipeline, no matter how many middle class jobs it costs. Biden wants, uh, China wants Biden to do these things. And guess what? By God, if Biden doesn't do it, Hunter will be exposed. Yeah, the same Hunter that's living out in Malibu, California, and some big time Hollywood lawyer is paying his rent, paying his taxes to the tune of like millions of dollars, and nobody's bothering to look into it. Has Have you ever seen one time Hunter Biden on camera put his hand up in the air. Now ask me if you've ever seen this. Hunter Biden on camera put his hand up in the air and answer questions under oath. Which to the Bidens, oath doesn't really mean anything. Swearing on anything doesn't mean anything. Because they're the biggest liars on the planet. But that's neither here nor there. Have you ever seen him as witness to the American public, other than a friendly friendly interview on CBS or somewhere like that, answer questions and get grilled by people like Jim Jordan or Matt Gates or some, you know, hard-nosed Republican in the Congress or the Senate for that matter, which there aren't really any hard-nosed Republicans in the Senate. Sort of like 
we don't really have that many hard-nosed or hardcore conservatives on the bench. You know, regarding this uh, terrorist act, in my opinion, uh, where they're doxing the Supreme Court justices, which is a violation of federal law, leave it to the Democrats. You know, where they have one set of standards for them and another set of standards for, say, the J6 protesters who were protesting uh, free and fair, ele- you know, pre- protesting election fraud. What, what's the harm in protesting election fraud peacefully? Instead, you know, they're allowed to burn churches and they're allowed to dox judges and they get away with it. But yet, if you're protesting election fraud on the grounds of the public house, the people's house, the house that they paid for, of course, you're going to rot in jail. And they're going to seize your assets and freeze your bank accounts like the good globalists that they are. And, you know, what's interesting, too, is Justice Roberts, a Bush appointment, a Bush nominee, a Bush confirmation, is one of the minority uh, on the liberal side. Big surprise, right? That the Bushes would actually pick a liberal. Not a surprise at all. You know, but when when a liberal gets up there, they pick the most radical liberal you could ever get. People that are connected with the Southern Poverty Law Center that have hate lists for free speech. It's it's the double standards are just absolutely ridiculous. Now I'm hearing that the Mueller, the Mueller, uh, Bob Mueller, they're now saying that the Russian hack could have been a spoof, that they were fooled. <laughs> then you got the other rigging. Uh, that's basically about Sussman and Hillary Clinton colluding together. And now the judge that's part of the deep state is limiting the amount of information that will come out related to Sussman and Hillary Clinton. So they're going to squash the evidence on the Hillary case. Meanwhile, they're going after every little crumb of uh, uh, after the Trump uh, private Trump organization. And Ghislaine Maxwell, her sentencing guidelines, well, they threw out, they said some of these crimes are repetitive. She shouldn't be charged, uh, sentenced for all of them. So we're going to throw out these couple of things and we're just going to give her a lighter sentence. I wonder what kind of deal was made for that. Part of the deep state. And yeah, there is a deep state, isn't there? We know that now. We know that the FBI works on behalf of the Democrats. We know that the CIA works on behalf of the Democrats. The State Department, Democrats. The Department of Homeland Security, Democrats. And who pays for it? The conservatives. Because the conservatives are actually making working harder And there's more people in the workforce today that are conservative than Democrat. So the the bulk of the uh, money that they're using to fight against you, the people, 
and use as a weapon is coming out of your own pocket. I mean, you've been doing that for years. You've been doing it with Planned Parenthood. They get $500 million of your, and part of it is yours. Part of it's the Democrats' tax dollars. Part of it's your tax dollars. That's why this federal thing is not cool. All these federal rules and, and controls and centralized authority and fascism is not cool. You know, I just read an article preparing for the show where they are now putting federal agents into local politics because they don't like the way the local politics are going. And so they want to strong arm the local politics. Meanwhile, Trump is what, 55 and 0? He's giving rallies after rallies now. And it's like 55 and 0. And he's picking the right right candidates, even if they are the wrong candidates in some cases for me. Or, you know, you might look at, say, Dr. Oz, or you may look at uh, J.D. Vance and question the method to the madness. But if those are the candidates that can beat their con- dem- Democrat contemporary or opponent in the general election— then those are the Republicans. If those are, the, then those are the candidates you want, because you ultimately you want to win. And if that's the best you can do, that's the best you can do. But we can do better, no doubt about it. So China has been pushing Biden, the Biden crime family, to go electric, and you know there they there there they are. They're going electric because they're told to go electric. And all these green NGOs and green nonprofits that are pushing policy and lobbying Congress to make change that benefits them as we transition to green, I'm hearing now that we're going to have rolling blackouts. Read an article where we're having rolling black. We're going to have expect rolling blackouts in the summer, and they're going to blame climate change as a result of that. Never mind the fact that, no, they're transitioning off of fossil fuels and there's an undue burden. Like, how about all these electric cars that are starting to emerge? Now, I'm hearing in California, they they don't even want these electric cars. An hour to fill up? Since when does it, should it take an hour to fill up your car? Well, that's how long it takes to charge your car. This is I'm reading it. I'm, I'm you know I I don't I've experienced this personally, but I could see how that would play out. It used to be you just take five minutes and fill up your car and you go back on your journey. That was liberty. That was freedom. None of this electric go. Oh, there's an electric station over here. There's one pump. It's, luckily, it's not being used. Otherwise, you'd have to wait an hour for the car in front of you to get out of it your way. And then you'd have to, this is, they should be doing this simultaneously as we enjoy cheaper energy, enjoy energy independence. Meanwhile, they're looking for like Algiers and they're looking for um, like Germany is looking for other sources than Russia to look for oil. And they're looking uh, at all of these different um Cameroon and uh, Algiers and some of these other nations, they're looking for oil. And they're going to go to Africa and some other places and get it. 
But guess what? The inhumanities in those countries are just about as bad as it gets. So, you know, while they're complaining about Mother Russia and what Putin said unequivocally and very clearly and concisely in his big parade speech was that this was a preemptive strike against global uh, global aggression, globalist aggression. And what's the globalist response? Well, now we're actually strategically uh, on the ground, boots on the ground. We're actually going to be putting our soldiers in harm's way. And we're escalating this war for, there's a lot of reasons actually, and none of them help you. None of them help you, the middle class, or none of them help the middle class taxpayer. Let's put it that way. And it just, it's, it's part of the new world order structure. It's part of globalist aggression. The same globalists, you know, that stomp on your face with horses or freeze your accounts and steal your GoFundMe money, lock you up in jail for protesting their election fraud. The same people now are hat in hand wanting you to join Bono and join Trudeau and join uh, Joe Biden in this globalist effort and support Ukraine, the Laundering country, uh, one of the biggest laundering countries in the world, one of the most corrupt countries in the world, and that's who they want you to support. Support that. And I say, no, thank you. I'm not supporting Russia either. I never lived my whole life never really being a big supporter of Russia. Russia's great. Never said that. Remember the 1980 hockey uh, game? It was the big Russian bear against the United States college kids. And it was just a great event. The United States won a big upset against a great hockey team in Russia. And that was coming on the heels of of a Carter administration that was riddled with all kinds of inflation, melees. Uh, we were paper paper tiger. We were, we were just a country that didn't have our moral focus, our moral compass. And here we are back at it again because this progressive stuff never works. It never works. And now they're indoctrinating our future voters. But, you know, God has, works in mysterious ways. God has a way to fix things. In the least likely solution that you could imagine organic because that's exactly what Adam and Eve is that's exactly what man and woman is that's what exactly what God created is a very organic world where things evolve in their own way trees grow plants grow food is harvested whatever you know there's a method to the madness there's a way the system works. But they don't want to they don't want to play by the rules. They want to control everything. And what's interesting is the difference between say someone like a Hitler and someone like globalists is the globalists you don't know there isn't one particular tyrant. 
But people that knew Hitler knew him as a very congenial guy, a nice guy. People who knew him in the 30s never saw it coming. And then it came. And then evil came. Now we're seeing it wide out in the open. Right out in the open, wide out, wide is the, the earth. And we're seeing it all around us. You know, people like Bill Gates sitting up there talking about it uh, as if they're like, you know, thinkers. You know, we're just going to reduce the world. To, how are you going to do that? How are you going to reduce this world population and laugh about it? How's that funny to you? You know, when we played that clip last week about the guy like, I want less, they want more population, the pastors, and I want less. <laughs> Standing out in front of the World Economic Forum. I mean, the hubris, right? The The fact that they don't even get the fact that it's on them. Remember I played that clip of, of a news anchor and the news anchor was saying, Elon Musk, what if he does this? What if he does that? You know, what if he just tweaks a little bit here and makes a couple of adjustments there and all of a sudden the election's been rigged by uh, censoring speech and you don't even know it until after the election's over. And I'm like, yeah. Yes, that's exactly what we've been complaining about for the last 10 years. And apparently you weren't listening. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Elon Musk tweeted out over the weekend or I guess yesterday. That, um, you know, I'm not suicidal, you know, basically that if uh, something were to happen to me, it's been nice knowing you. (laughs) And I think that had more to do, though. My first reaction to that was, oh, and his mother didn't like it and tweeted out, May, you know, very beautiful elderly woman, model. um, And she... uh, tweeted out that's not funny <laughs> but um the uh thing that i my first reaction was yeah of course this, the radical left will kill him and you know just like they, they're uh playing with people's lives the supreme court justices this is going to make this is going to make the pelican brief look like child's play i mean already i i don't think there's any question well in my mind there's no question in my mind that Justice Scalia was murdered. I don't have a lot of informa- evidence to go on, but my gut instinct tells me that that was a murder. And it was because of the surrounding circumstances of the Dreamer Act that Obama was pushing and the fact that the Supreme Court uh, Justice of Texas, Justice Hannon, and the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals that oversaw Texas uh, was controlled by Scalia and heading into an election year, they needed the votes from the illegal registrations and they wanted to turn them into voters. And it's not that they can guarantee that these Hispanics and these Latinos would vote Democrat. Chances are they would because they got their freedom thanks to the Democrats, but the polls are indicating that, uh, that, that there's a sea shift among young people and among um, Latinos 
and Hispanics, that they're migrating to the right. And and you know what else? Uh, even take black voters from Africa. They're they're very Christian. They're they're fifty six percent of these people, uh, the black people from Africa. Fifty six percent of them oppose abortion. So they want to make this, you know. I don't think uh, Latinos. I think the numbers very similar. I think that the abortion uh, issue might help Democrats with the younger vote for for now. But um, but with regard to these other groups, you know, it's it's a loser, especially late term abortion, where uh, you know. Late-term abortion is supported by 6% of the United States. 6%. So that's a loser for the Democrats. But the biggest loser for the Democrats of all is their association with globalism. The fact that they have a, a guy that can't string sentences together in the Oval Office. That he's connected with the biggest crime spree on the planet. That the Biden crime family and Hunter Biden are just absolute disasters for America. Everybody knows that they didn't get 81 million votes. And now you got Dinesh D'Souza's movie, 2,000 Mules. I haven't seen it yet. And I have to tell you, I can't wait to see it. You know, um, it's going to be on, it's available on Rumble. It's available over at dinesh.locals.com. And you can see that movie. And uh, I can't wait to see it. I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I've seen a lot of different clips of it. And these mail, these drop boxes, and the amount of fraud that was just caught on camera was a, just a huge game changer. So I would like to think that in light of the video that they have, they must get, a, get rid of all of this stuff, don't you think? I, I would think so, right? I would I would like to think so. So there is a um, well, this two thousand mules. America Thinker came out with something that was pretty cool. I'm, I have a whole bunch of articles that are open that I wanted to cover today a little bit. I have a clip from Tucker that I want to play if I can get to it. Um, so we're just going to start with uh, we're just starting. It's <laughs> halfway through the show and we're just getting started, right? Uh, Dinesh D'Souza is an effective filmmaker, and he didn't disappoint with 2,000 Mules, a riveting documentary examining the way leftist organizations used activists to stuff ballots in the 2020 election and the 2020 Georgia runoff election that handed the Senate to the Democrats. Uh, however, after watching it, I felt there was some an- there were some unanswered questions that also deserves scrutiny, so I hope Dinesh D'Souza follows up on these issues. 2,000 Mules begins with the premise that Trump voters have found it impossible to believe that Trump lost the election. When they contrast his campaign appearance appearances, 60,000 screaming fans with Biden's campaign appearances, six vaguely animated uh, lumps sitting in little circles, the bellwether countries, 
showing Trump winning by a large margin, the significant gains Trump made with Hispanics and blacks, the millions of votes Trump gained over the four years of his presidency, and the mysterious overnight counting shutdown in the states that ultimately gave Biden his victory. They know that something is wrong. Ah, that was good. That was well-written, wasn't it? That was well-written. This is American Thinker, folks. Uh, I, li- I like this publication. Um, this is a woman named Andrea Widberg. So she writes, The folks at the True the Vote, True the Vote, by the way, is doing some great work right now. True the Vote. Uh, they're the ones that were doing a lot of this uh, sting operation, this, the, the, the filming, right? It says, the folks over um, at True the Vote also suspected that something was wrong, very wrong. The founder, Catherine Engelbrecht, and by the way, to Tucker's credit, she had, he, had, he had Catherine Engelbrecht on last week, says, working with Greg Phillips and a team of computer analysts, came up with a very clear, clever way to determine whether there was fraud. They suspected as much thanks to the way uh, in which Democrats in key states used COVID as an excuse to increase absentee voting. That included states which allowed only absentee voting with drop boxes across cities and towns where there had been massive ballot harvesting. That is, people, both real and fake, didn't fill out their own ballots. Instead, they were collected, completed, and put into drop boxes by partisan and paid activists. So the Provis theory, True the Vote, obtained geo-trafficking information from major urban areas in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Georgia, and Arizona, allowing them to follow cell phone signals. So they marked all the drop boxes and all the facilities for left-wing nonprofits. They then looked for cell phones that traveled between the nonprofits and drop boxes at least 10 times to be sure uh, to whittle out statistical noise. Through FOIA requests, they also obtained as many videos as they could showing people stuffing multiple ballots into the drop boxes, a completely illegal act. Their data revealed 2,200 mules. I actually think they probably should have called it 2,020 mules because what's a number, right? They say 2,000 mules. They should have called it 2020 mules and it would be a double entendre, right? A double entendre? Uh, for the 2020 election. So 2,200 mules in just five cities visiting between 20 and 45 drop boxes each at which they dropped off an average of five ballots. When you do the math, the numbers are staggering. So estimated illegal votes in Pennsylvania was 275,000 in Michigan, 125,000, Wisconsin, 14,000, and Georgia, 30,000, and Arizona, 20,000. And that would have changed the outcome of the election right there. It would have changed Pennsylvania. It would have changed Michigan. It would have changed Georgia. 
Uh, actually, the stars indicate. So it would have come close to changing Michigan, but it would have changed Pennsylvania, Georgia, and Arizona for sure. Pennsylvania, Georgia, and Arizona. And if you change those three states, Trump wins. They only get worse when you contemplate the fact that 10 trips per mule is an exceptionally high bar and that these were just mules in five cities. When one considers the small margin by which Biden won in the disputed states, had these mules not been active, Trump would have won the election by a medium too huge, uh, too huge margin. D'Souza also speaks to Hans von Spankowski about the various methods of committing election fraud and to think tank to a think tank head whose name I forgot to know uh, note down, who explains how various leftist nonprofits helped with Zuckerberg's four hundred and nineteen, basically four hundred and twenty million dollar handout focused on creating voters rather than promoting their candidate. The movie is clear and competent, D'Souza carefully walks Engelbrook and Phillips through their methodology and findings. He also talks to well-known Salem Radio, Sebastian Gorka, Dennis Prager, Charlie Kirk, Larry Elder, Eric Metaxas, to gauge the effect information had on their preconceived ideas about election fraud. So, it's pretty amazing stuff, um, and that's a good movie to watch, so I recommend it. Um, I also wanted to uh, uh, play a, another clip. Um, I want to get to a clip that, um, well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and um, go through these articles first. Okay, and we'll get through those. All right, so that was the one I wanted to push. I wanted to actually just speak a little bit about this movie that I think is really eye-opening. Uh, and then we have a bunch of different articles that are just going to be quick little snippets here. And um, this one is over at the National Pulse. And these are our, these are um, publications I like. So Amazon is to subsidize employees' abortions. So how do you how do you feel about doing business with Amazon, right? Amazon from what I hear is starting to actually uh take a beating in the stock market. So I'm not sure what that's about just yet. I think it might have to do with supply chains and uh inflation. So we'll see. That's an interesting little thing there. Um also <clears throat> over at the federal federalist I gathered up about five different articles there. We're just going to gloss over them to give you an idea of what's been happening. I also wanted to get to my tweets today, so we'll see what happens. If the U.S. is giving Ukraine real-time battlefield intel, Congress needs to vote on it. Wouldn't you think that if we're going to go to war with a nuclear superpower like Russia, that Congress should be talking about it like a little bit? The fact that that's not happening is... A little disturbing, to say the least. This is the thing about Hillary Clinton. It says, exclusive, Spygate researchers said claim Russia's uh, hacked the DNC could have relied on a spoof on spoofed data. 
Now, if that's the case, that is just a complete joke. Then the other question was, why won't Biden explain why he's getting federal agencies to meddle in local elections? Why is that? That's an article over at The Federalist. Also, if the U.S. is giving Ukraine real-time battlefield intel, Congress needs to vote on it, right? That's what we were saying. I guess I've already just said that. So here's five ways American corporations can avoid becoming the next Disney. And here it goes into a whole uh, diatribe. It says, never bow to the mob. Stop bribing people who hate you. Trust your instincts. Be kind and support uh, families and support America. And if they did that, they could avoid being Disney or Netflix or, you know, a whole host of uh, these woke corporations. But see, here's the problem. BlackRock and Vanguard are run by very select few people that are globalists, socialists, and they're in charge. They don't want to share their power. They want to be in charge. They love their power. They're drunk on power. It's like a fix for them. And they don't want the middle class to rise up and prosper because that's just going to create new competition for them. And my question is, how much money do you need, right, to be hoarding that kind of a power? And the way we take our power back is we start with this 2022 election. And what Donald Trump is doing is fantastic. You know, absolutely fantastic. Can Can he do it even a little bit better? I think he can. I think he can make these events a lot more diversified than what they've become. They've become a little bit pigeonholed into a into a formula of the same usual suspects. And some of them, you know, lack a certain level of credibility. I, I think he needs to actually um I think one thing that Trump needs to do with his rallies is he needs to um bring other people into the fray, not the same old you know, it's starting to feel a little bit like a uh, repertoire, like a repertory theater, right? A theater company, a theater group with a certain set of, like the Saturday Night Live has a set of actors. And it's almost becoming like a, like a uh, sketch. And uh, with the same actors week after week. And uh, I think he needs to diversify that a little bit. Um. So there's this uh, thing here. It says, new Biden Title IX order will help, executive order, of course, will help schools push transgenderism on your kids behind your back. Keep your eyes open for that. Spygate judge tries to protect Hillary Clinton in latest pretrial rulings. So Judge Christopher Cooper's efforts to counter the impact of the case on Hillary Clinton and the Democratic Party extend beyond declaring the co-conspirator exemption off limits. And this really involves uh, special counsel John Durham's charge, uh, charges against Sussman. And they're limiting what Durham can do is, is what's happening there. So Jim Jordan demands answers for FBI retaliation of employees who peacefully protested on J6. So, let's see where that goes. 
And then there's this. Note to Stacey Abrams. This is over at the Gateway Pundit. Find a good lawyer. True the Vote announces they are releasing addresses of all ballot trafficking stash houses. So this is an interesting one. The virtual virtual premiere uh, for the movie 2000 Mules was held last night by uh, live in Vegas. In the film, and that was probably two nights ago, in the film, Dinesh D'Souza and the True the Vote provide answers and evidence of the stolen 2020 election. The explosive documentary was released on Tuesday at select theaters across the nation. So I recommend everybody go and see that. We'll see what happens. Uh, You know, of course, I don't think there's a legal path for anything, but uh, what can happen is it could help apply pressure to state legislators to do away with the systems that have been exploited and rigged. We said it from the very beginning. We said it before it happened. We said, look, this is a recipe for fraud. And they said, no, well, we got to err on the side of public health. We got to, we got, we can't be uh, racists. We can't be white supremacists. We can't be discriminatory. You know, we can't try to go out of our way to suppress the vote. All that BS. You know, you look at the way France did it. France showed America up bigly. So. Victor Tavis Hansen over at America Greatness wrote this, the exasperated American, will the voters channel their furor at this regime of lies into an unprecedented turnout at the polls in November? And let's hope that they do. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and play this Tucker Open before we run out of time. Uh, This was a good one. This is about basically the Democrat Party being completely bipolar. Do you ever get the impression that you're, you know, the insanity that's coming out of the left, they're just sort of like, they have this bipolar disorder where they don't even bother to hide the hypocrisy or the flip-flop. They just want it their way, but then they don't want you to have, they'll, they'll, they'll actually spit at the police, but then if the police actually touch them, in these protests that we've been seeing over the weekend, they'll say police brutality. But then at the same time, they're wielding a fist, punching the police. You know, it's it's just, it's schizophrenia. You know, it's, it's absolute. Being a liberal today is a mental disorder. It's got to be. It's a mental illness of some sort. But let's take a listen. And um, again, this was Tucker Carlson talking about basically liberalism and bipolar disorder it's hard to have an argument when the first words out of their mouth is white supremacy you're a racist it's like what are we even talking about i don't know but that's exactly where this is going to go you know it's pretty hard to argue with people who are passive aggressive you may have tried it before why are you so angry they scream stop being violent they snarl as they punch you in the face Passive-aggressive people are intent on dominating you, but they're too dishonest to admit it. Now, it's not an honorable style of attack, but it's very effective, mostly because it's so bewildering. The Democratic Party practices this. Democrats will never meet you on an open field of battle. Instead, they will sneak up behind you and knock you unconscious with a bag of sanctimony. This is the party of weak men and angry women, so passive aggression is their only mode of communication. 
If you've ever seen one of Jen Psaki's press conferences, you know exactly what we're talking about. We watched one of them yesterday, in fact. It was her last. Peter Ducey asked Psaki what the administration thinks of the fact that liberal groups have posted the home addresses of conservative Supreme Court justices on the Internet. Now, why are they doing this? Well, it's obvious why they're doing it, and no one denies why they're doing it. They're doing it in order to frighten those justices into changing their votes on Roe v. Wade. Now, that's illegal. It's very clearly a federal crime. It's also, by the way, the road to chaos and collapse. You can't allow angry mobs to make your country's laws. That's why we banned lynching. But Jen Psaki did not have a problem with this. People are understandably upset with Sam Alito's views, she said. So you shouldn't be surprised they want to express that concern in person by screaming at Sam Alito and his family. Quote, I don't have an official U.S. government position on where people should protest. Really, Jen Psaki? Are those the rules now? How would you feel if angry protesters showed up outside, say, Michelle Obama's house? Of course, they'd be thrown into thumbscrews within minutes and charged with racism, and you would applaud as they languished in jail. But conservative Supreme Court justices? No, that's a different story because conservative Supreme Court justices deserve it. That's Jen Psaki's position. But it is not, in fact, since we've speaking of this topic, the official position of the U.S. government. No. According to 18 U.S. Code 1507, the official position of the U.S. government is you're not allowed to intimidate judges, period, quote. Right. Well, we know that, right? So he goes into this thing. It's, it's, it's actually a good reminder of the hypocrisy and the split personality of these crazy protesters and crazy liberalism in general. Um, but we know that they're being backed by a lot of powerful sources, outside sources like China, Russia, to advance green initiatives and, and to advance um, an attack on religion. We see this attack against Christians all over the place. Uh, the churches are now going to be the centerpiece of protests. Um, I wanted to play this clip um, over the, the weekend uh, on Sunday Morning Futures. Um, uh, I'm going to blank on the name, um, but um, it's a great interview. And one of the things that uh, was said was that, uh, you know, next time someone talks about what, whether or not in abortion, um, whether or not a child is a child when they are in the womb, uh, guess what? If you murder a pregnant woman, if you murder a pregnant woman and she's, uh, you get charged with two crimes. You get charged not only with killing the woman, but the baby inside the womb. And that should tell you everything you want to know about that, you know, that legally. But yet on the flip side, they try to say that that baby, you can kill that baby with an abortion. You know, so it's kind of an interesting dynamic. Uh, let's take a listen. Today that people try to relate back to race. Uh, some of it has to do with race and some of it doesn't. But there is a, a lot of uh, people who are trying to divide us. Divide us on the basis of race. Dr. Ben Carson, I'm sorry. Uh, this is just a, drew a blank uh, in my head. But yeah, I watched this interview while I was on the treadmill uh, over the weekend. It was just amazing. Income, age, religion, gender, you name it divide and conquer. And uh, we go back through the history of race in America, 
not not starting at even 1619, but going back into the 1500s and bringing it all the way up to today and looking at those relationships and understanding that it's it's complex, but that we as a nation have made enormous progress on race. Just in my lifetime, things have changed dramatically. For those who say that it isn't uh, any different and that we haven't made progress, it's very, very disingenuous. And uh, now, in looking at this abortion issue that's going on, a lot of people don't realize that Planned Parenthood was started by Margaret Sanger, who was a eugenicist. She wanted to limit the numbers of black people and Hispanic people. That's why the clinics uh, are, are most predominantly found in minority communities. It's really uh, disgusting. And it goes through history. And why is history so important? Because your history gives you your identity, and your identity gives you your beliefs. And uh, if you don't have appropriate beliefs, you're easily swayed. And uh, you'll notice when ISIS uh, goes into a place and conquers it, what do they do? They get rid of the history. We have the same people trying to distort and, and get rid of our history. And we need to understand those things so that we don't repeat the bad things. You would have thought we would have learned all those lessons by World War II, but look what's going on right now, today, in Europe. It's horrible. Yeah, I, I want to uh, take a break on that point because right now, Russia is rehearsing their annual World War II victory parade. Uh, minority communities are understanding. For them. And, and that's really the key. Inviting us, uh, example of the GOP. Well, interestingly enough, uh, I've seen a, a significant increase in the amount of minority support. Uh, I used to go to uh, conservative gatherings and I would be the only black face there. Now, now there are a lot of black faces there and uh, Hispanic faces, because they're seeing the things that actually work for them. And, and that's really the key, education. And, you know, we're blaming everything. Some people want to blame everything on systemic racism. Uh, and they say, for instance, the wealth gap exists because of systemic racism. But interestingly enough, there are black people who do very well in this country, Nigerians, Ghanaians, others, and they have black skins. But what you'll notice in those families is that the bachelor's degree is the baseline. That's where they start. And a lot of emphasis on family and family structure. And if you look at traditional black American families that emphasize education and family structure, you'll also see very little in the way of wealth gap. So maybe we're looking at the wrong things. And I think a lot of minorities are starting to recognize that. They're opening their eyes. They're not just listening uh, to so-called leaders and, and, and slavishly following what they tell them. Yeah, in fact, they're living it. And they, they saw a big change with Opportunity Zones, which is something you led in the Trump administration. Uh, in, in fact, it moved the needle and, and, and they came out to vote as a result. And they saw a, a lot of the things that were done in the previous administration, which were things that were done for everybody with the belief that a rising tide floats all boats, and that's so important. And, and then I just want to say, you know, on this whole abortion issue, uh, you know, I mentioned how Margaret, Margaret Sanger was a eugenicist. Uh, I also find it very interesting that if someone kills a pregnant woman, they get charged with two murders. But if you just kill the baby, it's okay. I don't understand that. That doesn't make any sense. And there's a lot of things that don't make sense 
because we're politicizing them and not using the incredible brains that God gave us to figure out things, wow. to actually work together to come up with solutions that work for a diverse society. That is a really good point, and I'm, and I'm glad you made it. And the other point that I think is so uh, really critical to make is we cannot forget history. I mean, all of this, you know, uh, craziness about knocking down statues and forgetting our history. Right now, you've got Russia rehearsing an annual World War II victory parade. This is what's happening in Russia. That parade is supposed to be on tomorrow. And yet, look at what's going on in Ukraine. We should mention that the First Lady, Jill Biden, uh, went to Ukraine uh, and yeah. has visited uh, in Ukraine. So we want to we want to point that out. But at the same time, why are we trying to erase important moments in history as bad as they are to show how much progress this country has made? And, and we know what happens you know, when we don't take an active role. The United States is blessed with a leadership role in the world, but when we don't take that, the despots begin to arise. And uh, they will arise. And I just have to mention this. We wouldn't have the situation going on in Ukraine if we had a little smarter energy policies. We handed Putin the keys to energy, and he's using them in a very deleterious way. You know... Elections have consequences, as some people have said, and uh, mm. people have got to start understanding who they're voting for. Don't just go into that booth and look for the name that looks familiar. You know, it might be Satan. They say, I know that name. We've got to do better than that. We've got to put the right people in who understand world politics, who understand compassion for other human beings, who understand our Constitution, who understand what freedom is all about. And we can change this. It's not too late. I love that quote where he says, it could be Satan. And they're like, oh, I know that name. You know, that's sort of like uh, the way I look at Democrats when they voted for Biden. You know, I'm like, don't you see what a criminal this guy is? Don't you see how bad this is going to be for America? Can't you see it? And they're like, no, I can't. I had a friend, a liberal friend, said, he, I think he could unite the country. And of course, every single thing that they sign off on is divisive to the country. Equity is divisive. Equality. Uh, equal, ju equal justice. Equality is liberating. Okay? So, and that's the name of, um, you know, that's what uh, Ben Carson's book was all about as well. Hey, be sure to uh, check out magapac.org. Uh, see what we're doing to advance America First policies to make America great again. Use Red State over at MyPillow.com as your promo code. And uh, also My Patriot Supply, mps.scottadamshow.com. We'll see you next time on the radio. Goodbye, everybody. Right up to bed.